This has been a great series. We've been talking about how as Christians we have the opportunity because of who God is and because of our relationship with him that we can face the negativity of the world with really a positive outlook because we have the resources to do that in Christ. And so we're going to talk about that today and hope it's been an encouraging series for you. Um, We're going to take in the series today with this sort of different twist on things. We're going to talk about how to inject some positive energy outlook into relationships Like, who doesn't need that, right? And in particular, we're going to focus on relationships with kids. We're talking about positive parenting. Now, as soon as I say that, I know about half of you, you just tune me out, right? Because you don't have kids in your life right now. Maybe you're not a parent right now. But I want to tell you that the principles that we're looking at today, they're just relational principles. They're good for any stage of life, uh, for any relationship you have. So if you happen to be somebody's a friend, or somebody's boss, or somebody's neighbor, or somebody's sibling, then the things we're going to be talking about for parenting will actually apply in your relationships as well. And any relationship can be better and more positive when we look at the things that we're looking at today. Okay, so when we talk about positive side of parenting, we're talking about, as you saw in the, in the video, we're talking about giving affirmation, praise, approval to our children. We're talking about speaking words of encouragement to their heart and also investing actions, positive and um, hopeful actions into their lives as well. So with that in mind, let's pray together and then we'll we'll look at some principles about uh, positive relationships and positive parenting. Father, thank you so much for how you treated us in Christ. Thank you that because of Jesus that you are kind to us, that you're good to us, that we experience um, your forgiveness, that we experience your approval in our lives. And so, Father, we want to take what we've received and, and pass it on to other people. And so help us today learn how to engage the relationships in our, uh, in our workplace, in our neighborhood, especially the relationships in our home to engage those in a positive way because of who we are in you. And so we pray that your Holy Spirit, we pray for your encouragement today. We pray for your challenge. You're going to challenge us today, God. Thank you that, it, that you love us no matter what. And so speak to us and empower us, Father, we pray in Jesus' name for his honor and glory forever. Amen. Amen. By the way, my name is Ross Anderson. I'm one of our teaching pastors at Alpine Church. It's a privilege to be with you guys today at Brigham City Campus. Here's the first principle I want to share with you about about positive parenting and positive relationships, but that God the Father modeled the positive side of parenting when he spoke about Jesus, okay? So now listen, let me me be a little bit honest with you about my, my life, okay? So I grew up in a family where none of us really received much affirmation. Okay, now my parents were never demeaning, they were never like hypercritical or put, put us down or anything, but, but there were high standards of expectation in our family, and um, we only heard feedback when we didn't meet them. Okay, so um, if we did well in academics or if we did well in church life, then we were just expected to do well, and so that was just okay, you know. No, we never said attaboy, because of course you should have done well. 
okay, if we did well in music or sports, well, those really weren't very important to my parents, so we never got an attaboy for that either, you know. And so I grew up, when I, when I grew up and I started to, you know, prepare for parenthood and we had kids, I said, I'm going to do better. Right? How many of you said that about your parents? I'm going to do better. And looking back in retrospect, I realized I didn't really do a whole lot better because I'm a product of my environment. You know, I wanted to do better. And so I, I bring that up just because I, I, you know, I understand that even if you love your kids, it's not always a given that you're going to pour positive affirmation and approval on them. You know, you know, maybe you just don't know how. Maybe you didn't learn how to do that from your parents. Maybe it's not your personality to be that way. And, you know, as Tracy mentioned in the video, sometimes parenting is tough, you know, and we get frustrated with things. And when things are frustrating, we want, we kind of tend to gravitate toward the negative side and we start using uh, tactics like, nagging or yelling or criticism or anger to try to get through to our kids. And, um, you know, have you noticed that th those don't really work, right? And so God models for us in the Bible, it models for us a better way. And so we're going to take a look at Matthew chapter 3. Watch this with me. It says, after Jesus' baptism, as he came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and, sit and settling on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. So this is the very beginning of Jesus' ministry. He's just coming out into the public in this public act of baptism. God actually speaks from heaven publicly says two things about Jesus, two affirmations. He says, number one, I really love my son. I really love him. And then number two, he said, I'm really proud of him. He said, he brings me great joy. I'm really, I'm really proud of him. Now, here's what's going on. A couple things. First of all, I believe that this is the father's affirmation to the son, a confirmation to him. Jesus, fully human, he's, he's, he's becoming into this greater and greater awareness of his mission and of his identity. And, and so this is the father's confirmation to him as he starts out um, on, on his mission that, yes, he's on the right track, that, yes, this is, this is what he's doing, what he's supposed to be doing. And, but, but it's also for the people who were there, who were around that day, or like us who read about this in the Bible, it's also God affirming to us who this person, who this Jesus is and what he's all about, right? So that's the primary purpose of this, of this episode. But there's, a, there's another thing going on here as well because God is the perfect father, and there's many times in the Bible that connect the fatherhood of God to human parenthood. There's a lot of connection there. And so we look at how God spoke about Jesus. We see, oh, hey, maybe this is how parenting ought to be done in a perfect world. Or if we were all perfect, we would do this too. And so if God the Father chose to speak this public affirmation over his son, how much more do our kids need that? And so I just want to encourage you to find ways to give affirmation to your kids. Find ways to tell them what you're proud of, what, what pleases you. Tell them that you, that you love them, but also what, tell them what brings joy to you from them, to your life. And, you know, and 
that's so powerful when we're able to articulate that to our kids, but it's even more powerful when we say it in public so they hear us say it to other people. And that starts to actually sink in. When they hear that, it starts to sink into their soul. And it, they begin to realize how valued that they really are. So part of it is that they get to see a picture of what God's love is like, but then they also get to see that, that how, what we love, how much we love them and how we care about them, and it begins to give them confidence that they can really succeed in life because somebody believes in them. Now, I know some of you might be thinking, well, wait a sec, wait a sec. I don't want my child to grow up spoiled or entitled, right? I don't want my child to get just the participation ribbon or, or to become, you know, big-headed or egotistical. I don't want my child to think that they just walk on water. You know, I get that because my wife Nancy was a school teacher for many years, and, and she had hundreds and hundreds of parents come to her in parent-teacher conferences and stuff who, who never thought that their kid ever did anything wrong, right? So I'm not saying that we don't need to tell our kids the truth and be real with them and correct them at times, and discipline at them at times. We do. We have to. That's part of a parent's job. But we want to do that in a context of also giving them approval, affirmation, praising them. It's not either or, but those two things work together to, uh, for God to work in a child's life. Now, I want my kids to know that I'm proud of them. I want them to know. I want them to hear what they have done right, what they've done well, and what's good about them, their character, their personality, and just the fact that I, that I value them. So, you know, if you think about it, I kind of believe that if your kids know that you value them and they're confident in that assurance, then I think they're less likely to go looking to other places for approval and for significance to places that maybe aren't really helpful for them, like false friends, or that crowd that they turn to, or some kind of romantic entanglement or relationship that makes them feel good about themselves, but it's destructive in the long run. And so we have the power to help our kids to have that, that success, have that sense that they can succeed. And so what happens if they hear often from us, more often from us, that criticism and just correction all the time, and just that they're not making it, then they start to assimilate that too. That starts to soak in. And they start to feel like a failure. They start to feel like they're worthless. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? And it crushes the child's soul. And so they, they don't feel like they can succeed in life. They don't feel like they can become everything that God created them to be. So parents, here's a great question you can ask yourself. What do my kids hear me saying in public? When I'm around other people, what com- how do I talk about my kids? Whether it's maybe with my friends or maybe with their friends or maybe even in our family circle, how do I talk about my kids? Is it primarily positive? Is it primarily negative? You rag on your kids, you know, complain about your kids in the ears of other people. And if you're really bold and courageous, then you could ask your kids how they feel like you're doing in that area. Now, one more tip on this, just before I finish this point. Just one more little tip, and that is, don't just praise your kids for what they do. 
okay, for their achievements. And I want to affirm my kids for every achievement that I can, whether it's big or small, even the smallest thing. You know, I want to give them encouragement. But don't just praise them for what they do, but also for who they are, for the kind of person they are, for their character, for the great things about their personality, and just because the intrinsic value that they have to you as their parent. Because Ultimately, I think sometimes what we could do is if we only are praising our kids for what they do, then they start to think that our approval is conditional, and right? And if they're not measuring up, if they're not doing what they think we expect them to do, then they might feel like we don't care about them. So I want my kid to know, my children to know that I approve of them, I love them, that I'm excited about them, that they please me whether they got an A on the test, whether they scored a goal in the match, or whatever those achievements might be. So that's number one, is that we just really want to understand that God the Father, how he modeled this positive side of parenting when he spoke about Jesus. And I want to go on and build on that in our second point, and that is that God created every human with a need for love, for affirmation, for approval, and it starts with childhood. But it's true for every human, but, but it starts in childhood. So the problem is as parents, parenting is tough. You know, you never get a break, right? There's always a new, I always felt like, man, whatever stage my kids were at, as soon as I got it figured out, they had moved on to the next thing. So I'm always behind. I'm always in the dark, right? So parenting is tough. And sometimes what happens is that we can start focusing so much on the correction and on the discipline part of it that that becomes kind of our default response. Now, now we want the best for our kids. I don't know any parent who wouldn't say that. But we also want the best from our kids. And so what happens is that starts to create a sense of pressure on us and we put pressure on them to really get it right. Right? We started putting pressure on them. You know, you can do better in school. You can do better on your chores. You can do better at sports. You can do better at and fill in the blank. You know? and, and so we start laying these expectations on our kids. Hey, you made a bad decision. Hey, you did that wrong. Hey, don't talk to your sister like that. Hey, I, I've had about enough. Um, you know, hey, I, I, what's wrong with you? And you see how easy it is to... F- to go down that route. And what happens is that after a while, that's kind of like all that our kids hear us saying to them. That's all they can hear us saying to them is you're not enough. You're not good enough. You don't do enough. You're not enough. You don't please me because of this, 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 and this. And what our motive is, yeah, we just want the best for them and from them. But it's easy for that to become everything they hear. But you and I both know you've had experiences in your life where you can identify the impact that positive words had on your heart, on your soul. Maybe when you were young and some adult, a coach, a teacher spoke some, something encouraging into your life and you never forgot it. Or maybe when you were younger and you were starting out in your career, you had a mentor or a boss, a supervisor, or, or someone who told you those good things. And, and you always remembered that. It, it, it stuck with you, right? I, I can remember when I was in my 40s, I went back to school, okay? And I went back to work on a doctor of ministry degree. And so I had one professor. I turned in the paper, 
And, he, and, and he, he wanted to sit down with me, and he sat down with me, and he said, look, he said, you're a good writer. He said, he said you're really good at this. He said, you should seriously pursue getting published. And that was so encouraging. Like, that was just life-giving to me, even at that age of life. And, you know, by God's grace, since then I've gone on and I've, I have authored three books and I've contributed to, to three or four others, different chapters and different collaborations with several others. God used that in my life. So even as an adult, that affirmation had a powerful effect. Now, let me show you some biblical examples that can, that can help us understand this a little bit more, okay? So, Proverbs 16 says, Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul, and healthy for the body. Honey is tasty, right? I, I like to have a little honey on some toast or, or have it in a sandwich. It, it's yummy. It's really tasty, right? And, but not only that, it has, some, it has some health effects. It has some antioxidants and, and some good stuff that the bees gather and the pollen and everything. And, and it, it's soothing. If you have a sore throat and you have a little honey in your tea, it kind of has this soothing medicinal effect. He's saying, look, our words can have the same effect on somebody's heart and soul, on our kids' heart and soul when we speak to them a certain way, right? That's a good, a good affirmation. But there's another one. Let me give you this one. Ephesians 4, verse 32. He says, Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So he's saying, hey, Christian, look, how did God treat you? Well, God was kind to me. God forgave all of my sins in Jesus, and way more than that. He says, okay, well, that's the pattern. That's the model how God wants us to treat other people. Well, how does that apply to parenting? Well, <clears throat> I think it applies really well if you have teenagers, okay? So the teen years can be kind of tumultuous, all right? I, the, I've had teenagers. My teenagers are grown up now, but the teen years were very tumultuous, at least in my family, okay? Um, so because, you know, kind, tenderhearted, forgiving, a lot of times our teenagers are not very kind to their parents or not very forgiving of their parents. Have you noticed that? They, teens can be pretty cruel in the things they say and their attitude that they, that they show to parents. Now, of course, not all and not all the time, but it can be that way for some of us as parents. And it's easy to be tender-hearted toward your little newborn infant it's easy to be tender-hearted to, you know, the toddler who's really fun to play with and stuff like that, you know. I always thought it was really easy to be tender-hearted to my kids once they went to sleep. <laughs> I see the best, you know. But um, it's hard to be tender-hearted sometimes to a stubborn, willful teenager who suddenly knows more than you do, right? So this is a challenge for us in those years. But he says, you know, forgiving parents, parents of teens... Are there things that you need to forgive your teens for? Forgive them for how they have been uh, treated you disrespectfully. Forgive them for maybe when, how they've lied to you or whatever it may be. Do you ever think about that as parents? We maybe need to forgive our kids. See, because I think it's really hard to pour approval and affirmation and praise into their lives if we haven't forgiven them the way that God has forgiven us. Okay, here's another one. In Romans chapter 2, 
He says, don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? So again, God's the example, how God treats us, that's the example. But here he introduces a whole new thing. This is a really interesting idea to me, this idea of kindness, because we think of kindness, you know, if I, if I, sometimes the pendulum swings too far, and there's some parents who are so nice to their kids that they never do discipline, right? They never call their kids to account. They just want to be their kid's best friend. But he says, look, God is, that, God is wonderfully tolerant with us. He's very patient with us. But see, with God, in his example, kindness doesn't just mean that you ignore anything and you let anything go. Because it says, it says, can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? That God's agenda for us is actually that we turn from our sin, that we, that we repent and that we become better, that we grow, that we become sanctified is the word that we, the Bible word that we use for this. And so... So you see both sides here. So we can be tolerant, we can be patient, but we also, for our kids, we want them to develop their character. And, and he says when it comes to God, kindness is a really important part of how he does that in our life. Now that's pretty thought-provoking to me because you know, sometimes I think as parents we feel like, man, i got to be harsh, i got to be stern, i got to be the drill sergeant in order to be effective at discipline. Now again... We do need to correct our kids. We are going to have to discipline and correct our kids. But you see where kindness can be a really important part of that. Because here's a couple of reasons why. Here's how that works. When, when you have a culture of kindness and affirmation in your home, then when you do have to correct your kids, when you do have to call them on stuff, then it's easier for them to receive that from you because kindness has turned their heart toward you. And then, you know, when, when you have been practicing affirmation and encouragement in their life, and you do have to practice discipline as you know you will as a parent, well then, they're going to understand more so that that, that that discipline is really for them, not against them, that you're for them because you've created a pattern of affirmation and encouragement in their life. And so the discipline has a context that helps them. So it's the, the discipline and the kindness work together, with the correction and the kindness work together to help develop our children's character. And, and that's why we all need to have affirmation. We all need to have love from people in our life. Now the third thing, what I want to do next is just kind of take these ideas we've been talking about and give you a really practical application them, okay? I want to say here's something you can all remember that you can do this, and it's, here's, it's a simple way to remember how to put this into practice in your life. Again, whether it's with your kids or whether it's with other re adult relationships in your life, that these things still um, are applicable. So we're going to move into this application, and here's our third point, that affirmation takes three things. It takes talk, time, and touch. It's a simple way to remember what I want to be intentional about, right? Three things. Talk, time, touch, okay? Can you remember that? So we're going to explore that for just a second. But first of all, what this means is 
to understand this, you have to understand the uniqueness of your own children, right? Not everybody's the same. Every human being is unique. And so some people are going to respond to one of these three things more than one of the other ones. Some of your kids are going to really respond to your words. Some are going to really respond more to time. Some are going to really respond more to positive, encouraging touch. And so you want to understand your kids and think about them and know their personality so you can think about how to put this into practice. But the fact is that every human being is going to respond to, to these three things at some level or another. So you can't go wrong if you're, if you're able to put this into practice in your life. So let's talk about number one is, is talk. Well, that's really what we've been talking about this whole morning, right? Speaking words, affirmation, approval, praise, encouragement into the life of your kids. It doesn't have to just be verbal. It can be you know, you can write it down, write a note, write them a letter, put a post-it note in their lunchbox. Or there's a lot of different creative ways that we can communicate, talk uh, to our kids, right? Now, what if you're not very good at that? So I told you a little bit how I grew up, right? And, and this verbal affirmation was just not a thing in our world. So I really had to learn how to do this. Um, it really, really challenging but, but God did something about, well, 15 years ago when my daughter was in a drug rehab program, okay? So every Thursday night, it was family group. It was a lar- large group, and all the families would come down. They'd fill the auditorium with 100 people or all these, you know, all these different families, and, and they would do a program. They'd keep, give us announcements, kind of set us up with what's next, and, and they would celebrate milestones and achievements of the kids, and there were lots and lots of kids in the program that we didn't know at all. We knew some of the kids that were in the same phase that my daughter was in and so forth. But all these kids, we didn't really know them. But the custom in the large group meeting, the open group, was whenever someone celebrated a milestone or achievement, everyone would express that publicly. We'd say, we'd say love, love you, Jim. Love you, Sarah. Now, those are words that we didn't say and that I didn't hear growing up in my family. That was really hard for me to do. And even, I didn't know those kids, but even, even to express that generic level of affirmation was really hard for me to do. But over time, God used that. First of all, I just, first of all, I just would like mumble it right, with everybody else. <laughs> Love you, Jim. I love you, Sarah. Like, I'm embarrassed, you know. But over time, by, by saying it over and over again, God began to open my heart so that I began to really mean it. And I began to really feel it. And it's like, I just almost, I'm going to cry talking about it right now because God just used that to completely liberate my heart and just take this stopper out, bam, poop. And, and, and now it's, it's so much easier. It's so much more uh, natural for me to express that affirmation. You know, to be honest with my inability to express approval and affirmation has hurt me in my adult relationships in my life. I have to admit that. But God did this total turnaround. And so um, just by having to say it, just by saying it and practicing it became a real powerful, profound thing. So mom, dad, this is the power that words can have not only in the life of your children but in your own life, in your own heart as well. 
So talk, that's number one. That's really important. The second one is time. Spending quality time with your kids, investing in, especially in the things that are important to them. Okay, now, bringing your children along on things you're already doing, that can be a positive thing. Incorporating them into your life and the things that matter to you, that can be a positive thing. It isn't always. I mean, look around, I like to ride my bike, you know, and I look around and I see kid, I see parents whose kids ride their bike with them, and I think, oh, that's a very cool thing to do as a family. It's not always a positive. My dad, I spent a lot of time with my dad as a teenager. It wasn't quality relational time, okay? It was dad under the car fixing something and me sitting on a stool in the garage waiting for dad to say, I need a one-half-inch box end wrench. And me going to the toolbox and handing it down and waiting for the next thing, you know? It could have been, it could have been very affirming. It could have been life-giving, um, you know, I don't think my, my dad grew up in a way that he, he had not received this from his dad and so forth. I mean, if he had, I, I long now in the past to say, I wish I had, he had said, hey, come down here under the car with me. Let me show you this in here. Why don't you take off this, this nut or this bolt, you know? That never happened. He missed the opportunity for that. So just dragging your kids along on the things that you're already doing may not be the answer. But in, it's even more powerful when you're willing to go and do what they do and to hang out, go to their games, go to their events, and actually immerse yourself in the things. You know, There's things my kids like to do that I don't like to do. But you know what? It's not about me. It's not about me. And I've learned that when you leave your phone in your pocket, and you leave your work at home, and you give your whole heart and your whole attention to what your kid is doing, the thing that they like to do that is meaningful to them, then that's such a powerful way to say to your child, you are important just the way you are. Time. Talk. The third one is touch. And you know, our culture, we can be a little weird about this, but in terms of whatever those appropriate ways are that as parents, that we can with our own kids communicate to them that we love them, whether it's giving them a hug or holding their hand, picking them up, it's tousling their hair. It's with my son, oh my gosh. My son had a lot of uh, testosterone, all right? He grew up all boy. The, the, the uh, childcare people said he is all boy, Right, so his way, so think about fourth, fifth grade, his way of expressing his love and his affirmation for me by touch, he would stand there and he would pound me in the gut over and over again, and I finally had to say, okay, I can't take another, another hit right now. That, that kind of hurts. But that was appropriate for him, and I tr- so that's why I took it as much as I could, you know. Um, as he got older and stronger, it got harder and harder, right? But whatever an appropriate way for you. So, you know, it's a way of saying, look, I'm not distant. I'm not emotionally distant. I'm there. And I'm going to communicate that through touch. Okay? Now, here's the thing. With all these three things, you have to be intentional. Because the fact is, I don't know, you remember when you first found out you are going to have a child? Like, nobody gave you a certificate to say you were ready for this. Right? There's no way to be ready for it. There's no training, you know. I spent more training learning how to drive a car than how to be a parent. 
And, and so we're always we're all growing in this the whole time. We're growing in this. We're getting trying to get better at this. It, we're not naturally. Uh, we don't have all the tools that it takes to do this. So we have to be intentional about it. I do because of my family background. Because of my personality doesn't lend itself to being expressive. My Ethnic cultural background does not lend itself to being expressive. And so I've had to be intentional about this, and so do you. Because parenting is tough. It's challenging. It's rewarding, but it's challenging. And so we have to think through, you know, what are we going to do to be good at this, to get better at this? That means you may be sitting down. Maybe sitting down this afternoon and saying for each of your kids, what are some ways that I can be strategic and intentional about investing talk, time, and touch with that particular child with their particular needs? And so um, that's, how, that's how God works in people's lives. That's how he wor- has worked in our lives. He works in the lives of our kids as well. And you know what? Even if your kids are grown, by the way, my kids are all grown. Even if your kids are grown out of the house, talk, time, and touch can still be very powerful ways to give them approval and affirmation in their life. Now, I know some of, your, some of you have a child who's going through a tough time right now. And it's not easy, right? It's not never easy, but this is a really tough time for you maybe with your child and, you know... Um, and, and it's hard to find something po- to be positive about. It's hard to find hope in the situation that you're in right now. Um, I just want to encourage you, don't give up. Don't give up. Do what you can. I have felt hopeless when my daughter was in, in rehab. Before she went into rehab, she disappeared. And we didn't know where she was. Talk about feeling hopeless. And now today, there's so much, I'm, pr- I'm so proud of her for so many things in her life. Um, don't give up. Because I, what I found in, the, in this series, you know, one of the things we've been learning in this whole series is that as Christians, we have this bigger view of reality. We know that there's an unseen reality. We know that God is real, that he's at work. And so we have everything we need to be able to choose how we look at the situation that we're in. It's a big part of the positive that we've been learning is we can choose our outlook in a given situation. We have real reasons, not not just wishful thinking, but we have real reasons to choose hope and faith and confidence. Same thing with with our relationships with our kids. And so I've found that as a parent that I can choose my perspective about my kids. I can choose to look for something positive in their life. I can choose what I'm going to dwell on. I can dwell on all the ways that they didn't measure up. I can dwell on all the ways that they're not perfect. I can dwell on all the failures and all the ways that they hurt me and and, and everything else. But if I'm looking for the good, I, I don't want to be naive. Those things are real. But if I'm looking for the good then I'm going to find something that I can be positive about. And again, you're going like, help me here, Pastor, but it might just be something that you remember from the past. Right now, it might just be nothing more than the potential that they haven't lived up to yet. But you can find something good, something that you can affirm, because God has built unique strengths and qualities into every human being made in His image. 
And when I start to look for the good and I start to expect the good, I find that there's a lot more to be positive about than I thought there might be. And then when I praise that and I affirm that and I offer approval, I, find, I might find that I actually start getting more of it from, from those people in my life. Now here's what I want to do to wrap up this whole series, the, this message in this series. I want, you to, I want you to remember this, that being positive in a negative world whether it's all the things that we've talked about in this whole series, whether it's with our relationships with our kids, that being positive in a negative world doesn't come naturally. It's always a result of God's work in us. It takes God's work in us. We cannot do this by ourselves. We cannot do it on our own. And at times we're going to find ourselves getting negative. We're going to find ourselves getting negative with people. It might be with our kids. And so when that happens, even if it happens every single day, this is where I just want to encourage you. Just ask God. Ask God to change your heart. Ask God to change your outlook. Ask God to help you to see something that you can be hopeful about, something that you can trust Him with today. And ask God to provide the supernatural power that all of us need to speak and act in ways that impart blessing to others. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your grace and goodness to us. Thank you, Father, that, that you have blessed us, that you encourage and approve us. Father, we, we thank you so much that you've said how much you love us. And as we soak that in, as we start to believe that and really experience that, Father, I pray that you would use us to impart that same message to the people around us, to our kids. Father, you put them in our life. It's hard. We know that. And sometimes our natural tendency, when we follow it, we're negative. We can even be hurtful. Father, change our hearts. Help us to see the good. Help us to be willing to say the good, to bring blessing and hope and encouragement to the lives of our kids. And we pray it in Jesus' name for his honor and glory. Amen.